This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Once again, so good to see you here today. So excited about you being here. This is week one of our first teaching series of 2017. It's a series entitled New Things new things. We're going to hear that so much this year that that you're going to start saying that in your sleep. New things, new things. It's not so much a a sermon title as much as it is what I believe to be uh, marching orders from heaven or an expectation concerning this year of 2017. Did, Did you get that? This isn't just a title. This is an expectation of what God is going to do in this year of 2017. I don't know about you, but I like new things. I like new stuff, new clothes. I like, I like new te- technology. I like a new, boy, they come out with a new phone, I'm getting it. I like new, two new TVs. Oh, I can just go in Costco and just look at the TVs. Like, which one, Lord, do you want me to have today? How many of you like new things? Man, I, I like new things. How, how, about a, how about a new house? Anybody like new houses? Oh, yeah. Got a witness here. They're in Fresno. How, how, about, how about a new car? You know, there's just nothing like that new car. Man, I'm telling you. I know you pay a lot for that new car smell, but there's just nothing like that new car smell. Now, if you can't get the new car, you can always get the new smell in your old car. Did that the other day. Went to the red carpet and pulled in there and... This lady, you know, she gets, tallies up all the bills. She said, now, sir, what, what kind of fragrance would you like to have in this old beat-up truck? <laughs> I said, well, well, what kind do you have? And she went through the list, and then she came to new car smell. I said, I'll take some of that. Give me some new car smell. In fact, I said, could you double up the smell on that new car smell? And boy, did they ever double up on the new car smell. That truck still stinks to this very day. Because I'm here to tell you that new car smell doesn't smell like new car. It is a cheesy bathroom spray that really, I don't know about you, but I like new things. Anybody else like new things? Over the next several weeks, we're going to use this particular passage of Scripture in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9, to kind of launch this this thought. Now, let me just... Let me just give you quickly some background before I, I talk about it or before we read this, this verse. These people that God is addressing to the prophet Isaiah are in what we call the Babylonian captivity. This is not the, the captivity or slavery in Egypt. This is the, the, the second captivity there in Babylon. And, and God's people are once again uh, basically slaves to another, another kingdom and uh, God shows up in the middle of their captivity, in the middle of their oppression and, and, and difficulties. And, and this is what God says to them through the prophet Isaiah. He says in Isaiah 42, 9, the things I said would happen, have happened. And now I tell you about, catch it, new things, new things. Everybody shout new things. Come on, we can do better than that. At all of our campuses shout new things. Now, notice what God says here to these people. He says, before those things happen, 
I tell you about them before they happen. So God shows up on the scene in their oppression, in their, in their misery, and he says, I'm going to do some new things. And before I do these new things, I'm going to explain them to you. I'm going to tell you about them. And he's going to do that. We'll see that in just a moment because in the next chapter, he begins to define and explain the new things that he wants to do in their life. But again, I, just, I need to just take a moment and, uh, and to hopefully stir you up. I am in huge expectation this year that God is going to do some new things New things in our lives, new things in our family, new things in our relationships, new things in our careers, new things in our finances, new things in our our health. About a month ago, I I got stung with this this word from heaven. I was just, just spending some quiet time and God stung my spirit. I don't know if you understand that terminology, but if you go into the backyard and there's, there's bees out there, you know whether or not you've been stung by a bee. It is my prayer that what I've been stung with about a month ago is at all of our campuses that you would leave here stung with the expectation of new things. Because it's one thing just to preach about new things and read these verses about new things, but it's a whole nother level when God brings it to your focus and God brings it to your attention and he begins to breathe on it. And I'm here to tell you, God wants to do some new things in our lives. New possibilities, new opportunities, new beginnings, new ideas. Come on, could anybody use some new ideas? I'm talking about new heights and new horizons, new wives. Just trying to wake you up. No, we're going to keep our same wives. Just going to believe for an improved, updated version. Did I lose somebody here? I said, we're going to keep our wives. We're just believing for a new, updated version, one that doesn't gripe, one that doesn't complain. One that brings breakfast in bed. Ooh, come on, come on, man. I'm preaching now. And, and we're believing for some new husbands, wives, right? See, 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 you men are wimps. You're wimp. You're absolutely, you had your opportunity and you sat there like you're wearing a skirt today. You're wimps. <laughs> I'm talking about some new possibilities, new opportunities. Man, my hope is that you're going to lean in over the next few weeks. In fact, I would encourage you, don't miss a week in this series. I'm believing that God's going to stir you up concerning new things. Now, I, I told you that in the next chapter, God begins to define what he's talking about concerning new things. So let's read it here in Isaiah 43, verse 15. He says, I am the Lord, your holy God. I created you, Israel, and I'm your king. Long ago, the Lord made a road, hello, road, through the sea. He's talking about, he's talking about the first captivity when, when God's people were held in slavery for 400 years. He says, I made a path through the swirling waters. He led a mighty army to destruction. That's Pharaoh's army that he drowned in the Red Sea. An army of chariots and horses. Down they fell. Here it never to rise, snuffed out like the flame of a lamp. But the Lord says, do not cling 
to the events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Why, God? Notice verse 19. This is the reason why. Watch for the new thing I'm going to do. It's happening already. You can see it now. I will make a road through the wilderness. Catch that. I will make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. Notice God begins to define the new thing. He says, I'm going to make a road through the wilderness and give you streams of water there. That word streams can be translated pools. It can be translated rivers. Here it's translated uh, streams in the Good News Bible. But I like here that when God introduces the concept of new things, he begins to define for them what these new things are. Let's read it out of the New King James Version, verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Here it is. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Roads in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Notice again, God tells them exactly what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to make a road in the wilderness. You know, one thing that makes the wilderness a wilderness is that you have an area of land that has not been developed by roads. So a road in the wilderness, what does it do? It gives you access. It gives you freedom. It opens up new possibilities. It opens up new opportunities. God is saying, I'm going to give you a road in the wilderness. I'm going to open up access. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you new possibilities. I'm going to give you new opportunities. I'm going to give you freedom. He not only says, I'm going to give you roads in the wilderness, but the second thing he says, I'm going to do concerning new things. He says, it's rivers in the desert. Now a river in the desert, we, we probably can relate to this, connect with this. We know the importance of water means that you have a source of supply without a river. You're, you're stuck. When you have a river, it means you have a source of supply. It gives you resources. It gives you provision. So here's what God is saying. I'm going to do something in your wilderness, and I'm going to do something in your desert. Now, I don't know how your life has been going, but I think there's a lot of people that have been living in the desert and in the wilderness. But God says, that's okay, because I'm going to do a new thing. And I'm going to show up in your wilderness, and I'm going to show up in your desert, and I'm going to make some roads, and I'm going to make some rivers. What does that mean? God says, I'm going to give you access that you haven't had. I'm going to give you possibilities, new possibilities that you've never experienced. I'm going to give you new opportunities that you've never had. I'm going to give you rivers of supply, rivers of resources, rivers of provision. This is not just God speaking to them. The Bible is God speaking to us. And God is saying, I'm going to do some new things in 2017. I'm going to give you access. I'm going to bring opportunities to you. I'm going to give you new possibilities. I know you've been struggling, but guess what? I got resources coming your way. I got supply coming your way. I've got some provision coming your way. Come on, shout this out loud with me. Shout, shout new rivers, new roads. Shout it again. Shout new roads. New rivers. Man, I need that to get into your heart. New 
things. What are those new things? New roads, new rivers. New roads, new rivers. New roads, new rivers. Now, when we think of roads, what are we thinking of? We're thinking about access. We're thinking about freedom. We're thinking about opportunity. We're thinking about possibilities. A road in the wilderness opens up a whole new a whole new way, a whole new opportunity. When we think of rivers, what are we thinking about? Supply, provision, resources. And I'm here to tell you, new things are coming this year. New things are coming this year. I'm here to tell you, new things. Come on, Fresno. New things are coming this year. New roads, new rivers. New roads, new rivers. You're going to count. Listen, I'm, listen, it's going to happen. You're going to catch yourself waking up in the middle of the night and you're going to be shouting, new roads, new rivers. You're going to show up at work tomorrow and something good's going to happen. You know what you're going to do? You're going to shout, new roads and new rivers. Your wife is going to try start treating you right. You know what's going to happen? You're going to begin to talk, new roads and new rivers. Come on, let's try it again. Shout, new roads. And new rivers. Do it again. New roads and new rivers. A hundred dollars for the first person that tattoos that on their thigh. New roads, new rivers. New roads, new rivers. New things this year. New roads, new rivers. Now, when God makes this promise to do a new thing, he frames it by three specific truths or three declarations. We just read it, but I want to use it as a framework to stir you up concerning new things this year. Notice the first thing that God says when he introduces and tells them in their ministry, or in their misery, I'm going to do new things. He says, first of all, number one, God says, I can do this. This is his first declaration. This is the third, first truth that he, he communicates to them here. He says, I can do this. We see this in Isaiah 43, 15. We just read it. Let's read it again. He says, I am the Lord, your holy God. I created you, Israel, and I am your king. Don't you love it? When God introduces to them the concept, the promise of new things, he says, I need you to know something. He starts off by saying, you need to know that, 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 that I can do this. You, you know that I can do this, right? That's what he's communicating. He says, in case you have forgotten, he says, I'm God. He says, I am the Lord and I am holy and I am creator and I am your king. In other words, God is saying, I can do this. I love my grandkids have three of them. We have another one on the way. Supposed to be here this month. Can't wait. But it's interesting as your grandkids get a little older, you know, especially around two or whatever, you know, they used to just come and love on you and hug. But, you know, they get a little bit older, they get a little bit more independent. So, so now what I'm finding with some of my grandkids is that I've, I've almost got to beg them, now get over here and hug Pop. So, so, so I found myself doing that the other day. Get over here and then, no, and they act all ugly and all whatever. You know, they act like kids, you know. <laughs> Get over here and, and hug me now. And I have to almost put my foot down. And then I'll say this. I'll say, you know, you know I can buy you a toy, right? You better get over. You do know who I am. That's what I tell you. You do know who I am. I can buy you the toy you want. In fact, I can buy the toy store that has all the toys. You get your rear end over here and give Pop some hugs and love. I can. That's what God is saying here. He said, I've got some new things. 
And he says, he says, I need you to know this about me. I can do this. Come on, somebody needs to hear this. He says, I'm God, I'm Lord, I'm creator, I'm holy. I'm the one that created everything. I can do this. When I got to church today, I, I love it. Kova, my granddaughter, she's almost three. She runs up to me, grabs my leg. She says, Pops, take me to Disneyland. And you know what I said? I can do this. We're on our way. That's what God is saying. I can. When it comes to new things in your life, when it comes to opportunities and possibilities, when it comes to supply and resources, God is reminding you today, I can do this. I loved it because when God showed up through the angel, Mary, and tells Mary, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the Messiah. And Mary says, well, I've never known a man. I've never done anything. How, how can I have a child? And the angel looks at Mary and says this, for there is nothing that God cannot do. Somebody needs to hear that today. There's nothing that God, listen, God wants to do some new things. Hear me. And he can do it. There's nothing he can't do. I don't know what you're facing today. I'm not sure of the struggle or difficulty that you're up against. I'm not certain what you need or expecting God to do in 2017. But this is what you need to hear. God can do it. He can do it now. He can do it this year. God can do this. That's the first thing he wants them to know concerning his promise of new things. The second thing he wants them to know is this. God says, I have done it before. So not only can I do it, but you need to understand I've done it before. When God is telling these people that he's going to do a new thing, he actually does it, catch this, by referencing an old new thing or a previous thing that he had done 700 years earlier. God is saying, I've already done the new road thing. I've already done the new river thing. This is not my first rodeo, guys. I can do this again. I can, I, I can do that. I've done it before. We see this in Isaiah 43. We read it, but let's read it again. Verse 16. He says, long ago, specifically 700 years ago. And he's going to reference the, the first captivity there in Egypt with Pharaoh and Moses, long ago, the Lord made a road through the sea. That's the Red Sea. A path through the swirling waters. Notice it's a road. He led a mighty army to destruction, an army of chariots and horses. Down they fell, never to rise, snuffed out like the flame of a lamb. God is reminding them of what he did 700 years ago. They are right now needing freedom. They are right now needing God to do something powerful in their life. And God, God tells them he's going to do that, but he tells them he's going to do that by reminding them about what he's already done 700 years ago. He says, listen, I've already done this. I, I, out of 400 years of slavery, I, I set you free and Moses led you out of that captivity, out of that bondage, that great exodus that you all took. And then I opened up the Red Sea and you all parted on that road and walked across the dry ground on that road. And once you got out, he says, then I closed the Red Sea and defeated all of your 
enemies. These, these people understood it. We may not because we may not read the Bible like we should, but these people understood it. Generation after generation, their fathers, their mothers had told them at what had, about what had happened there 700 years prior, how God led them out of that bondage. They had read about it in Exodus chapter 14. In fact, it tells the whole story there. In Exodus chapter 14, they had read about how their forefathers, the Bible says, were surrounded, hear it today, were surrounded by the wilderness. They were trapped in by the wilderness. It specifically says wilderness. And here is Pharaoh's army coming to destroy them. And it's at that moment when they're surrounded and trapped by the wilderness, Pharaoh's army is ready to destroy them, that God parted the Red Sea and made a road through that wilderness area. God made a way. They knew about this. God made a way for them where there seemed to be no way. So here's what you've got to hear. When God is about to do a new thing in their lives, he reminds them about an old new thing. Why? To encourage them, to build their faith, to raise their expectation about the new things that he's getting ready to do. He's saying, guys, I've already done this. I've already made roads in the wilderness. This is no big thing for me, when your forefathers were trapped, when they were hinged in in the wilderness and Pharaoh's armies was coming, remember, I made a road right through that Red Sea. Just brings up a great question for us, application for us at all of our campuses. What is it today that is surrounding you? What has closed you in? What are you up against that, that has caused you to feel trapped today? I'm here to tell you, God's got some new roads for you this year. You might feel trapped. You might feel like there's no way out, but I'm telling you, God's masterful at making a way where there seems to be no way. When you're in the wilderness and there's no way out and the enemy's coming, God can make a road right there in the wilderness. He's saying, guys, I've done this before. You know, just a side note there, just a side thought in this teaching. It was on the the new road that God also dealt with their enemies. When God made the new roads for them to have access and possibilities and opportunity, it was also that new road that God defeated their enemies. Hear me, the same road that brought freedom to God's people is the same road that God used to destroy what was harassing them and trying to destroy them. I have a word for you today. I believe God has some new roads that will put a stop to your enemies. Come on, that poverty that's trying to destroy you. Come on, those things that are trying to harass you. Come on, somebody needs to get excited. The new road will also deal with what has been harassing you. God will destroy your enemies. Now, God didn't just promise a new road. We looked at that. But he also promised what? New rivers. In the desert. Now, what's interesting is that once they come up on the other side of that Red Sea, on that road, God destroys their enemy. We see something powerful that takes place. They enter what the Bible calls the desert. Exodus 15, notice what what happens here. We'll read it. Verse 22, then Moses led Israel, notice, from the Red Sea, that new road that God built, and they went to the what? The desert. Well, if we're going to be in the desert, what do we need? Come on, we need some rivers if we're going to be able to make it through the desert. Went to the desert of Shur. They traveled into the desert for three days and did not find water. 
And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the water of Marah because it was bitter. Look at verse 24. Then the people complained against Moses. What are we going to drink? Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord, catch this, showed him a tree. God opened up his eyes, and he sees a tree which he threw into the water, and the water became sweet. So here is God. God has made already a new road in the wilderness. They're on their way to the promised land, their destiny. And they get three days into their journey in this desert land, and something bad happens to them. What is it? They can't find any water. The only water they do find is this this bitter pool of, of poisonous water. So now this desert thing has become a bitter thing. And I think so many people are right there today. The desert thing has become a bitter thing. We need some rivers in the desert. But I need to talk about bitter things first of all before we show you that God's a um, that God's masterful at making rivers in the desert. He not only makes roads in the world, he makes rivers in the desert. But here's what we need to understand in 2017. This is what we need to know. In life, there will be bitter places. In life, there will be bitter places. I know that some of you don't like to hear that. You want it all to be positive, but that is positive because that's the Bible. In life, there will be bitter places. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised by the Christians who act shocked when things don't go their way, as if, as, as, as if everything in life is supposed to be perfect for us who are believers. That's, that's not the Bible. The truth is not everything is going to go your way. Not everything is going to happen like you want it to happen. In life, there are bitter places. In life, there's going to be bitter situations. In life, you're going to face bitter circumstances. How do I know that? Because Jesus promised you that. Read your Bible. This is what Jesus, your master, your savior, here's what he said. John 16, in the Amplified, it says, for I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. That's where we have peace, is in Christ. But as long as you're breathing, catch it, in the world you have tribulation. So you're going to tribulate in the world. And in the world you're going to have trials. And in the world you're going to have distress. And in the world you're going to have frustration. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Come on, that isn't what you came to get, right? But, but we skip over that. We, we forget that Jesus has already told us there will be bitter times in this thing called life. But he doesn't stop there. He says, for I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of the power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Yeah, you're going to have bitter places. Yeah, you're going to have bitter experiences. You're going to face bitter circumstances. But this is what you need to know. Jesus has already made it through those bitter places. So now you can make it through every bitter situation in your life. That's good preaching. Woo! It can't hurt you. It can't harm you. But you're going to have to go through it. And Jesus will give you the ability and the power to get through it. So in 2017, don't act shocked when things don't go your way. Just put on your game face. Get in Jesus. Understand it has no power to destroy your life. And you get through what you need to get through. In 2017, this is the question you need to ask yourself. 
Will you become a bitter person in that bitter place? Will you become a bitter person in that bitter place? It's going to happen. It's going to come. How are you going to deal with it? Here's, here's the truth. The choice is yours to make, whether or not you become bitter or better. This is exactly what happened to a few million people here, the children of Israel. The Bible says that they became bitter. They begin to gripe and they begin to complain. They've only gotten three. It's only been three days since God made a road in the wilderness. Three days and they are dying of thirst. They come to a bitter place and what do they do? They don't shout. They don't sing. They don't pray. They just start complaining. It only takes three days after God does a miracle in their life and now they are complaining. They are griping. The Bible says they are murmuring. Hear me today. Complaining is always a sign of bitterness in your life. A root of bitterness in your heart will always come out and voice itself through complaining. The question is, is will you become a bitter person in that bitter place? It's so easy, isn't it, to become bitter in the bitter place? So easy to get stuck there, isn't it? so easy to become bitter and angry and mad at the world, mad at God. I know I've come through some bitter seasons in my life. I mean, even recently, just bitter seasons. I, 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 didn't, I didn't expect it, wasn't believing for it, but, but I encountered them, and I, and I have to be honest with you, as your pastor, I don't know that I led well or lived well through those seasons in my life. Because when things begin to happen, when failures that I perceive to be failures and when rejection begin to happen in my life and, and when things begin to take place and, and medical issues begin to take place in our family, I, I begin to say, but God, you could have showed up and you could have fixed this, but you didn't. Now, now you don't say that, you know, because we're not that dumb, but you just get quiet and just harbor those feelings, those thoughts in your heart and you don't deal with them. All of a sudden that bitterness just start sneaking in there. My hope in being vulnerable today at all of our campuses is that we don't fake it till we make it. But at celebration, we're real enough to say, God, I, I hurt on the inside. I'm, I'm, I'm angry on the inside. God, you could have fixed that. You could have showed up and you could have made a way where they're seen. And God, you, you didn't do it. I don't understand that, Lord. And so many of us in all of our locations are right there. We've become bitter in the bitter place and we've stuffed the anger and the frustration and it's now become the root of bitterness and we're just frustrated and angry and complaining and this is what I've learned and if you don't get anything else today, please, please hear this today. This is what I've learned in my bitter season is that a bitter place will keep you from a better place. Come on, somebody needs to hear that. A bitter place will keep you from a better place. You can't stay there in the bitter place and expect life to get better for you. Well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we experience those bitter things in life? Well, 2017, this is what you need to do. You need to stick a tree in that bitter place. You need to stick a tree in that bitter place. I need your help at all of our campuses. Would you lean over to your neighbor? And I dare you to tell them, stick a tree in it. Go ahead and do that. Would you just do that? 
Come on, let's, let's turn to the other neighbor now at all of our campuses. Come on, shout it out loud. Shout like you're helping me preach today. Tell your neighbor, hey, stick a tree in it. Point to yourself. Come on, we need this ourselves. Say, say, say to yourself, stick a tree in it. Go ahead. Let's, let's do that real loud. Say, stick a tree in it, Randy. Come on, let's put our names. Let's, all of our, let's shout our names so, so, so we all know we're in the same boat. Come on, real loud. Come on. Now, some of you aren't doing it. I can see some of your rebellion. You're bitter to the core. I'm helping you today. Come on, point to yourself. You'll find my sermons are a lot shorter if you'll get involved. <laughs> Come on, point to yourself and say, stick a tree in it. There we go, man. I feel, I feel, did you feel that? Come on, we got, you got, I don't, Fresno, did you hear that? Come on, shout it out loud. Stick a tree. Man, I'm telling you, $200 for the first person that tattoos that on their Come on, we need some T-shirts around here. We need some hats around here. We need some, we need some verbiage. We need a, that's what you should be doing going down the road. Next time they flip you off, just say, stick a tree in it. <laughs> next, time, next time they make you mad, come on, somebody just shout, stick a tree in it. What in the world are you talking about? This was God's answer. This was God's answer for this bitter place. Remember Moses, they're all complaining, some few million people, but Moses is praying, he's crying out to God. And you know what God does? God opens his eyes, he don't even see it, and he sees this tree that's already there. That tree didn't just sprout right there. That tree to be a tree had to be growing for years, which tells me that God made provision before they ever got there. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you God's made provision before you ever get to your bitter place. And the answer to every bitter thing in your life will always be a tree. Why? Why a tree? Because it's just an Old Testament picture of Jesus being crucified on the tree, on the cross for all of humanity. Peter says it this way. He says, he, Jesus himself, bore our sins in his body on the tree, hello, that we may cease from sinning and live for righteousness. By his wounds you were healed. The tree, the work of Jesus on the cross, forgives us and it heals us. Did you hear that? It, it, it removes the shame. It takes away the guilt. And it brings healing and redemption and restoration to our lives. It was on that tree, it was on that cross that Jesus took the bitter problems of humanity. I'm here to tell you today, listen, there's a way out of that sin. There's a way out of the guilt and the shame and the torment and the misery. It's called a tree. There's a way out of the hurt. There's a way out of the pain, the abuse, the injustice, the loss. It's called a tree. Come on, there's a way out of the the misfortunes and the failures and the disappointments. It's called a tree. I knew this, but I didn't apply it. You can know it, but you've got to apply it. There's a way out of the weakness. There's a way out of the addictions. There's a way out of the sickness. There's a way out of the disease. There's a way out of the poverty. It's called a tree. 
to everything that is wrong, for every bitter situation, God's answer will always be a tree. Why? Because that tree heals, that tree saves, that tree delivers, that tree restores. Here's what you got to do. And you got to take that tree. What are you saying, Pastor? You got to take the promises of that cross, of that tree. Everything that Jesus provided for you was finished on that tree. Your forgiveness, your healing, your deliverance, your prosperity. Come on, your access, your opportunities, your possibilities, your resources, your provision. Everything that Jesus did for us, he did on the tree. That's the reason why he said, it is finished. It is finished. So what we do is we take the promises of the tree. We take the promises of the cross and we apply it to every bitter area of our lives. Stick a tree in it. Stick a tree in it. Yeah, but pastor, you don't know how my teenage kids are acting. Got a word for you. Stick a tree in it. Yeah, but you don't know, man. My husband, he's just a mean guy. Stick a tree in it. Yeah, but you don't know my wife. She's ugly. Yeah, but my finances are really messed up. Come on, Fresno. Come on, Clovis. Stick a tree. Shout it out loud. Come on, you can do better. Stick a tree in it. Come on, out loud. Stick a tree in it. What are you going to do with your grumpy boss this year? Come on, what are you going to do about sickness and disease this year? Are we going to complain? Are we going to gripe? Are we going to stick a tree in it? Come on, what are we going to do about our finances this year? Come on, we're going to take every issue, every need in your life. You've just got to stick a tree. You've got to stir yourself up about the promises of God. God is ready to make a way where there seems to be no way. Come on, I'm telling you, roads in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. And this, this, this is where we get stuck. I'm, I'm closing now. This is where we get messed up. This is where we get messed up. Listen, tap your neighbor. Tell them you better wake up. You better hear it. Because this is where we get messed up. So many of us in the bitter place, we're not sticking a tree in it. So we'll just stick more stuff in it. That's how we'll fix our issue. We'll just work a little harder. Build that career. Have more activity. Add a few more sports events to our life. And we'll just get busy, busy with social media, busy with television. I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. And we just stick all kinds of things in that place of hurt, trying to numb the pain. And listen, none of those things are wrong. Don't listen, don't don't confuse this preacher today. But I'm here to tell you, if Jesus is is in first place in your life, you'll never get rid of the pain. You'll never get rid of the hurt. You'll never get rid of the bitterness in your life. This year, we got to stick a tree in it. He's got to be a priority in our life. It's amazing to me with Christians in this generation. It's almost like this thing is optional. Well, I'm preaching good. Spraying, spitting. 
I hope you can see that, friends. Now they're just going, woo, here's a loogie there, and here's one there. Be blessed, be healed. But, but I know this is a serious note because, listen, we all can do better at this. We, we almost act like church going and church services is an option. Where did you read that in your Bible? It's not an option. No, that's the way we live. We put a tree into our life. His name is Jesus. He's our master. He's our savior. He's our Lord. He is our priority. There's things that God needs to be first placed in our lives. He's not an option this year. And if we're going to move past the bitter place, we've got to get the tree where the tree belongs in our life. There's not enough money. There's not enough activity. There's not enough work. There's not enough events. There's not enough Raiders losing, 49ers winning that can make you happy. His name is Jesus. I said his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hear me today. You know what's crazy? Is once they dealt with the bitter place, you know what happened? Once they got the tree where the tree needed to go, you know what, you know what happened? Exodus 15, verse 27. Then... Then, this is the very next verse, after them putting the tree in the bitter water. Then they came to an oasis. An oasis, they're in the desert. Then they came to an oasis called Elam. Hello, grandson. Elam, where there were what? Twelve freshwater springs, pools of water, Rivers in the. Can you imagine? You're thirsty. You're dying. And all of a sudden, there's an oasis in the desert. Some of you can connect with this because your life has been nothing but a wilderness, nothing but a desert. But I declare over you this year, God's got an oasis in that desert. Isn't this amazing? Yesterday, it didn't look like they were going to make it. Yesterday, they couldn't find nothing but one bitter pool of water. But one day, today, they're sitting by 12 pools. They're sitting by 12 streams. They're sitting by 12 rivers. Somebody shout with me, new rivers, new supply, new provision. 2016, listen, it might have been a bitter year for you, but I'm here to tell you 2017, can be a year with new roads and new rivers. I'm here to tell you that it could be bitter one day, but the next day you could be an Elam, an oasis in the middle of your desert. I'm here to tell you God's got an oasis for you this year. It's new things. It's called rivers in the desert. I told you there were three things. This is very quick as I close this service. God gave them three truths, three declarations when he brings up the concept, the promise of new things. He says, hey, guys, I can do this. Secondly, he says, I've done it before. And the third thing you need to understand is God says, I will do it again. 
This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.